Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Make Happiness Happen podcast. I'm your host, Shelly, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about how to not be a squashed squirrel. You're intrigued, aren't you? Hi, I'm Shelly Covert, and I have a question for you. Are you tired of putting on a fake smile and pretending you're happy when you're really not? Are you ready to stop chasing happiness and create it instead? This world we live in makes us believe we need something newer or bigger or better to be happy. But guess what? That's not real happiness. I'm going to teach you what I've learned about creating real, authentic happiness. So if you're ready to stop faking it and be happy for real, you're in the right place. This is the Make Happiness Happen podcast. Close your eyes and picture this. Okay, well, if you're driving, don't close your eyes, but you can still picture this. If you're driving to the grocery store and suddenly a squirrel darts out into the street in front of you and then it gets halfway across the street and it stops and then it turns around and goes back the way it came, but then it stops again before it gets over there and it turns around and starts running across the street again. Now tell me, have you ever seen this happen? Probably. Let me ask you. Does that squirrel usually make it across the street safely? Probably not. So think about all the decisions that you've made over the last couple of months. Have you ever felt like that squirrel? Stopping and starting and changing directions and not knowing which way to go or where to go. Did you start to lean one way with your decision and then stop and then start to lean the other way with your decision? Did you agonize over what was the right decision? Did you take way longer than you needed to to make the decision? There have been a lot of times that I have felt like that squirrel when making a decision. I'm always so focused on making the right decision and not the wrong one that I tend to get kind of frozen. I feel like if I make the wrong decision, if I go the wrong direction and I fail, well then I must be a failure. I'm so afraid of failing that I get stuck just trying to make the decision. Now let's picture a different scenario. Let's say that same squirrel suddenly darts out into the street and it runs as fast as it can and it doesn't stop and it doesn't change direction and it just keeps running across the street. So what do you think are its chances of crossing the street safely this time? Of course we can't know for sure, but I bet they're a lot better than they were the last time. So what's the point of this story? Well, the point is don't be a squashed squirrel. In my prior life, I worked for a large insurance company, and I was in charge of building a training program for our commercial underwriters across the United States. The summer that we rolled out our new training school, I spent nine weeks traveling to all of our different regional offices to help kick things off. During one of my many airport layovers, an older gentleman sat down next to me. I was wearing a Ford's Theater t-shirt from a recent family vacation to Washington, D.C., and it caught his eye. We just started talking, and I really have no idea how this came up, but he dropped some words of wisdom on me that I remember all these years later. He said, there's no such thing as a right decision or a wrong decision. There's just a decision. He said, the most important thing to do is make the decision. Then you evaluate the decision, and then you make the next decision. So we've got to stop thinking about our decisions as being right or wrong. There's no way for us to know how a decision is going to turn out because we can't predict the future. We're not going to know the results of our decision until after we've made it. So there's no way to know if it's going to be the right decision or the wrong decision. 
Now, to be clear, I am not suggesting that you make a rush decision, but what I am suggesting is that you maybe put a time limit on how long you can contemplate before you make the decision. And during that contemplation time, use tools to help you make the best decision. Some of my favorite tools for decision making are like a pros and cons list. I love that, writing down all the positives from the decision, you know, one way, and all of the negatives maybe from making a decision the other way. Um, I also love to pray for peace on my decision, you know, and I just ask that God kind of helps me know what is the right way, maybe gives me a gut feeling or an instinct. I also recommend sleeping on it. Okay, so kind of before you go to bed, maybe you know how you want to decide and then sleep on it and see if you still feel the same way in the morning. Now, if you've used these types of tools and you've thought through the possible outcomes of the decision you're trying to make, then don't agonize. Trust your gut and make the decision. Once you've made the decision, commit to doing the actions that are required because that's the only way you'll know if you're going to get the outcome you want from that decision. For example, if you're trying to save money, you need to be willing to track your spending. If you're going to try and lose weight, you need to be willing to track your food. Those are the types of actions that you need to commit to to see if you get the outcome that you're hoping for from your decision. You need to be willing to go all in and do those actions. Then once you've completed the actions, evaluate where you are. Did you end up where you thought you would? Did what you thought would happen actually happen? And if you had to do it over again, would you make the same decision? And sometimes, depending on the decision, maybe you evaluate after a week and you ask yourself, am I on the path that I thought I would be on? Am I heading in the direction that I thought this decision would take me? Take the time to evaluate where you are. Did the decision you made take you where you thought it would? Now, once you've evaluated your decision, then you can make the next decision. Okay, so if you're doing your evaluation and you're not heading in the direction you had thought, then maybe you say, okay, I need to make a different decision or I may need to change the direction I'm going. You can do that. And if the decision doesn't take you where you thought it would, you don't end up where you wanted to be, don't think of it as a failure. Think of it as a learning experience. What did you learn along the way? Hey, what skills have you learned? What have you gained from the situations you've gone through? What would you do different next time? So I often wonder why it's so difficult for me to make a decision. And then I start to think about all of the decisions that we try to make in a day. What am I going to wear today? What do I want to eat for breakfast? Am I even going to eat breakfast? What flavor of coffee do I want? Which podcast am I going to listen to on my way to work? What route do I want to take to work? What do I want to eat for lunch? What am I going to make for supper? Am I going to exercise today? What show do I want to watch tonight? Am I going to go to bed early or am I going to stay up late? I could go on and on and on. So I think part of the reason we struggle to make decisions is because we have so many decisions to make. I've heard it called decision fatigue, and I think that describes it perfectly. Please tell me I'm not the only one fatigued by all the decisions I have to make each and every day. And so not only are we stressed about making the right decision, we're also stressed about how many decisions and how many right decisions we need to make. So sometimes our struggle to make decisions is just plain overwhelm. Other times, I think it's a form of procrastination. It's a, f a form of avoiding the things that we don't want to do. So for example, if I don't really feel like working out tonight, I'm probably thinking things like, 
well, I really should work out tonight, but you know, I just don't, I don't really feel the greatest, but gosh, I didn't work out last night. So, you know, I really should tonight, but gosh, I have to make supper tonight and I have to pack the lunches for tomorrow. But if I don't work out tonight, then I don't really know when I'll be able to, because, you know, the kids have activities tomorrow night and the next night and, you know, you know how it goes. And before you know it, you've spent all night trying to decide if you're going to work out and now it's time for bed. So the decision really has been made for you. So maybe the question really should be, how can we avoid decision fatigue? If we have fewer decisions to make, maybe we become better at making the decisions and we don't become a squash squirrel, right? <laughs> so some ways to avoid decision fatigue would be having fewer decisions to make. So how do you have fewer decisions to make? Well, maybe you plan when you're going to make the decisions and you kind of lump the same types of decisions together. So for instance, what am I going to make for supper? Well, I could just wait and every single day at like three o'clock, I could say, oh my gosh, I have to cook supper tonight. What am I going to make for supper? Okay, well, in reality, I know that I probably need to make supper or at least have food to eat every single night of the week, right? So maybe on Sunday, I could sit down and say, hmm, I bet if I cooked three times this week, we'd have enough leftovers that there would be food to eat every single day. So what three things do I want to make this week? And then I could actually plan for those things. I could make sure that I had um, the ingredients that I needed. And I could even like put on my calendar what I'm making what night, when to start cooking, things like that. By kind of lumping those decisions together, maybe I've turned seven decisions into one decision, right? So that helps a little bit with decision fatigue. I could also at night decide, or maybe even on Sunday again, decide what am I going to wear each day of the week? What outfits am I going to wear to work? Or what outfits are the kids going to wear? I could lay those out or I could somehow organize them. But if I make that one decision that one day, then I don't have to decide every single day. I could even like pick the coffee for the week, or I could just say, this is the flavor of coffee I'm drinking all week long, or put a K-cup out for each morning, and this is the coffee I'm having each morning. There's a lot of ways that we can kind of lump those decisions together. We can group them together so that we're still making the same decisions, but by grouping them together, we're making them fewer times. And I really feel like by doing that, you're helping with the decision fatigue. I also think that creating a routine helps a lot as well. And so you could say to yourself, I'm working out three nights a week, or you could pick the nights on Sunday. You could plan your week, or you could just always say that Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, those are the three days that I work out. You know, finding a way to create a routine so that you don't have to decide all the time when you're going to do that. Pick a time each week. When are you going to pay your bills? When are you going to balance your checkbook? When are you going to go get groceries? If you schedule that as a reoccurring event, then you don't have to make the decision. That day, it just pops up. Decision has been made. Now all you have to do is go and do the steps or do the activities or do you know the actions. You don't have to make the decision. And by doing that, by, by avoiding that decision fatigue, I think it does help with us making the right, feeling like we're making a right or a wrong decision. So that brings us to the challenge for the week. So this week we want to really work on 
limiting our decision fatigue and taking away that feeling of making a right or wrong decision. So the first thing I want you to do is to focus on maybe a routine or maybe lumping your decisions together. Decide what's going to be best for you. Just pick one type of decision that you can do this with. So for me, the decision is going to be, what am I going to make for supper? Because I tend to ask myself that question every single day. So this week, I'm going to commit to getting better at maybe on Sunday, deciding what three things I'm going to make next week. I'm going to make sure I have the groceries and I'm going to schedule on my calendar which day I'm going to make each of those items. And then the second challenge for you this week is if you have a big decision to make, I want you to follow that process and give yourself the contemplation time. Decide how long you're going to take to make that decision and don't extend it too long. Like 24 hours, that's probably a good amount of time. You know, if it's a really big decision, maybe you have a little bit more time than that, but set a time limit. Then use one of the tools, maybe create a pros and cons list. And once you've evaluated that, then make the decision and then commit to doing the steps or the activities that that decision requires. So how's that sound? Does that sound like something you can do? I really hope so because I do feel like this pressure to make the right decision, decision fatigue, all of those things really zap our energy, which really makes it hard to have authentic happiness or to be happy for real. So by using these tools and techniques, we're going to increase our authentic happiness. And that's really what this is all about, right? Finding a way to be authentically happy, happy for real, no matter what our situation. All right, my friends, I hope you have a good week. And until next time, choose to be happy. As always, thank you so much for tuning into the Make Happiness Happen podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. And even better, leave a positive review. If you want to dive deeper into the topics and discussions we have here, I would encourage you to head over to makehappinesshappen.com and sign up for my newsletter. It's the best way for us to get to know each other even better. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on the Make Happiness Happen podcast.